sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same stories simply aren't true without checking facts first. Unfortunately, some members of the media use their platforms to push their own personal bias and agenda this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 70% of people can't distinguish between a real story and fake news. Disinformation is on the rise. Trust in media is falling. Journalists are having to do more with less. A lot of the solutions will come from the journalism industry and the tech industry working together. At the beginning of this series, Seven Mountain Mandate, two things that I wanted you to really grab hold of. Number one was that this is not a message from the, the NAR, the, the New Apostolic Reformation. And secondly, do you remember when I said, if we will grab into this Seven Mountain series and begin to influence our culture, it could change the life of our church. We're on our last week, and I don't think what happened to me this week was accidental. I believe that if we will engage the mountains of culture, we're going to see the strongholds of the enemy come down. We began with the mountain of education to show your support and encouragement. Then we went to the mountain of religion, demonstrating your testimony and God's power. The mountain of family to return to a biblical model. The mountain of business to believe God to help you create wealth for the kingdom's sake. The mountain of government to vote, campaign, lobby, run for office. The mountain of arts and entertainment to use your gifts in a secular environment that will advance the kingdom and the last mountain is the mountain of media fake news is the current rage and i want you to not think about it based on the statements that donald trump or the democrats on either side have made but i think it is safe to say that we're being inundated with stories that are not true on both sides of the aisle it was called for a while, or still referred to, as military intelligence disseminating disinformation. I talked to a young man who was in the military. We sat down, had a conversation. He was in military intelligence, and he said, I am often required to disseminate disinformation. Um, how do I do that as a believer? We had a conversation about that and what that means, what that looks like. And often those who are railing against disinformation or fake news are the ones most guilty of prom promulgating it. You saw all of those media outlets that are all saying the exact same thing. Someone is releasing that information and there's a structure behind that. It's not demonic, but it's being, it's so that it can be disseminated over and over again. How do we challenge this mountain? Well, God will call some of you to a career in journalism and to get involved with, if not a career, with public writing, 
from blogs to letters to the editor to other kinds of um, commentary. Others will own a studio, perhaps, that you can reach out from there. But here's what I think is the primary issue. We need Christians who are willing to shape the disinformation that's coming out of our media outlets. And while not all of you and probably not many of you will ever be able to do it from the inside out, we can all do it from the outside in. How do we do it from the outside in? We need to be people who are people of truth. We need to be people who are people of truth. Let me give you just a brief tour of Scripture, John 16. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. John chapter 8, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John chapter 4, a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Acts chapter 20, even those from your own number will arise and distort the truth in order to draw you away after them. It's the issue of truth. They, from Romans 1, exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator. 1 Corinthians 13, 6, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Paul said to the church in Galatia, have I now become your enemy because I tell you the truth? And in chapter 5, verse 7, you're running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth and were warned in 2 Timothy that a day will come that they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside the myths? The church is described in Ephesians as the pillar and ground of the truth. Everything about us has to rest on and be built on truth. And too often we're sucked into disinformation, both in the secular arena and in the church uh, forum. And we get pulled away from what is the foundation of who we are. So I want to suggest to you quickly this morning three ways that we need to measure our lives to be people of truth. Number one, I'm calling you this morning that from this day forward, we as a body of believers will be seekers of truth. Seek the truth. The Bible says in Acts chapter 17, verse 11, now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. What was their mindset when they came to listen to Paul? The church at Berea came open to hear, open to listen without bias. But from there, did the research to determine if that were true. Now, if that is a healthy model in the church, I'm going to propose to you that it is also a healthy model outside the church. That if you're a person of noble character before God, you'll receive information without judging it before you hear it, but you will then do the work of research to find out if what you're hearing or being told is the truth. Receive openly and then verify. There's a Russian proverb called trust but verify that became well known under the uh, presidential um, leadership of Ronald Reagan. In dealing with disarmament, his line over and over again, and some of you are old enough to remember this, his line over and over again in dealing with disarmament was trust but verify. 
trust but verify. I think that's a healthy mindset in the church, but I'm calling us to take that mindset outside the walls and use that same approach to evaluating what we hear. Distrust and verifying are two different things. If you start off with distrust with someone you don't know and information you haven't researched, you are simply biased. But taking the information that comes to you and then verifying it is not distrust. That's called intelligence. That's called wisdom. That's called being healthy. That we would listen to what we hear and then not just push it along, but do the research. Paul said to his young son in the faith, Timothy, study to show yourself approved to God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now listen to this. That word study is a really interesting one. It means to give every effort to be diligent. So what is Paul saying? Give every effort to show yourself approved to God. Do, study, work, give effort to show yourself approved. If that's true inside the church of God, that pattern or mindset would be true outside the church of God. Let's be people who give every effort that are diligent about being pleasing to God, not just in our worship, but in our conduct in the community and in our interaction with people around us. We need to be people who study, people who are students, people that work hard, that we give value to every effort. Please, I've said often to pastors, I don't believe there's any room in ministry for lazy preachers. It just frustrates me. Lazy preachers annoy me. But work for work's sake is no better than being lazy. If you're being busy just to be busy, you're wasting as much time as the person who's doing nothing. So the concept is to use our time wisely for the kingdom's sake. And if you're using your time wisely, that will include times of recreation and relaxation as well as times of effort and work. So to the church, I want to apply that same paradigm. I don't think there's room in the kingdom for lazy believers who just want to come and soak up and live life like they always have. You can't read Scripture and not believe that there are days of what Scripture calls the beginning of sorrows that will come on the church. And in that time, when there is a wave of revival that's accompanied by a wave of apostasy, there will be an overarching cloud of persecution and struggle that the church will go through. And in that day, you won't have to wonder who's really a Christ follower and who really isn't. Because those that are lackadaisical, those that are lukewarm, those that are lazy will drift off with the apostasy. But those who have lived their lives as seekers of truth will remain strong and focused and continue on with God's calling. Being approved by God comes when you study, when you apply yourself. And that applies to the broader context of a life skill or a lifestyle that we're giving every effort to be approved by God. I'm calling you this morning to be seekers of truth. In Acts chapter 17, Paul speaks to a group of, uh, not of believers, but of a group that gathered on Mars Hill at the Areopagus. And as he's coming to speak to them, it's a place where they have got, uh, idols to every god that they know, and they have an idol to the unknown god. 
they gather together for the single purpose of hearing and telling new things. And so there's this new preacher passing through, and to be fair with their tolerance and open-mindedness and their broad tent, they're inviting Paul to come and speak. Here is what they said about him as they heard he was coming. What is this babbler trying to say? Now, that's an interesting word. The word babble doesn't mean to, or babbler, doesn't mean to speak without making sense. It's not just, it's a a picture of a crow or a scavenger bird that will pick up small seeds and then carry them off and other things off as though they were their own. It then began to be applied to people who are called hangers-on or um, parasites who obtain their living, listen to this, who obtain their living by picking up odds and ends of merchants' carts in harbors and markets. So they would pick up, watch, they would pick up something that wasn't theirs, go to another place and sell it as though it was theirs. It's called a babbler. Then in communication, it was applied to those who pick up scraps of literature without the capacity of using it correctly. The Athenian philosophers in calling Paul this babbler or an ignorant plagiarist meant that he retailed odd and ends of knowledge which he had picked up from others without possessing in himself any system of thought or skill of language. Do you follow what I'm saying? It's what we do. I, uh, here's what a babbler does. I read on Facebook, plagiarism will get you kicked out of any academic field. Why? Because you're taking the work of someone else without doing the work yourself and claiming it as your own. God never intended you to give a confession from somebody else's faith. He never intended you to give a declaration from somebody else's work. We need to speak, John tells us in 1 John, of what we have seen and what we have heard. I shouldn't be testifying about what I heard happened at a revival somewhere. I need to testify about what I've experienced at a revival that I'm in. I need to not testify of someone else's faith. I need to testify about the faith that I have experienced. So how much of what you say is picked up from the internet, from television, from radio that you have never experienced. Here'd be another example. I, I, I understand everybody has an opinion. They're like noses. Everyone has one. But it frustrates me a little bit when someone who has never pastored wants to teach me how to pastor. (laughs) And it does frustrate me. And please, don't take this wrongly. I understand that not everybody biologically can have children. People choose for other reasons. But if you don't have children, it's probably not wise for you to instruct someone else how to raise children. That's a babbler. 
You can recommend resources that you think are helpful, but I will promise you. It's like a, a man said years ago. He said, before I had children, I had, I had uh, no children and five theories of child rearing. Now I have five children and no theories. <laughs> it's a babbler. And the church is guilty often of engaging in babbling. The time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will seek to worship the Father um, in spirit and in truth. And who is God looking for? Now watch. He's not looking for people that worship him in spirit. Those people are dangerous because they have supernatural experiences that have no parameters or boundaries that we would call truth. Doesn't want a freewheeling, God can do anything and everything that he uh, wants to do by their understanding. It's dangerous. That's called wildfire. When I was young in ministry, I often said, I'll take wildfire over no fire. No, sir. Once I experience wildfire, I'll tell you, I'll take no fire over wildfire because wildfire will destroy everything in its path and there's nothing left to build on. If you have no fire, there's always a way to kindle a healthy fire. Can we be seekers of the truth and not just believe everything we see and hear? He doesn't want those who worship in spirit. And he's not looking for those who are worshiping in truth. You can be completely orthodox in your faith and be dead. It's not about having the truth. It's about having this unique blend of worshiping him in spirit and in truth. And in the days that are coming, it's going to be essential that we have both spirit and truth to understand what things will be coming on the earth. So this morning, I'm calling you to be first seekers of the truth, being diligent, making that a passion that I'm going to seek the truth for myself. Number two, I'm calling you to be a speaker of truth, to be a speaker of truth. Proverbs 16, 13, kings take pleasure in honest lips, they value a man who speaks truth. Now, people of character, people of integrity, value people who are honest. Good leaders value honesty even when it's not helpful or when it's, not, when it's hurtful. They value honesty. I had a conversation with my pastor that I grew up under many years ago talking about someone who had said some really mean things to me. How many of you ever had someone say something really mean to you? Nobody over here? No? What, what, how about over here? Anybody? What about the balcony? Any of you up there? Yeah, six of you. Could you just say mean things to each other so that we could all be on the same page? And here's what he said to me. I wanted sympathy about how wrong that person was. The first thing that he said to me was, was it true? I don't care how they delivered it. I don't care how mean it sounded. Was it true? I almost hung up on him. And I said, partially. 
<laughs> do you hate that? Partially. And he said to me, you don't have to accept the character or the intention that they delivered it. But he said, you're going to discover that people that don't like you can be the most helpful to you in your spiritual growth because your friends will pacify you. They will um, tell you what you want to hear because they're your friend. People that don't like you will, will more likely be more honest with you. And I've tried to live by that. He said, don't accept or excuse their wrong spirit or their wrong heart or their wrong delivery. But in that, God can use that at a moment if you will listen to it and reveal something that will make you stronger. How many understand what I'm saying? We need to be speakers of truth, but it matters in the Christian community how you say it. You have to say it rightly. I've discovered that not every leader values truth. I've found that people who say they want the truth often don't. But we need to be speakers of truth, um, wrapped up in love no matter what happens. Being lied to will only hinder a person's leadership. If you lie to me or you lie to another leader or a person of integrity, you're helping them go down a road of self-deception. We need to be able to speak truth. And there are some things that should not be addressed at all, as in, does this dress make me look fat? <laughs> Sometimes it's better to not speak. You don't have to tell everything you know. That's not what I'm advocating. <laughs> If we're going to be speakers of truth, we need to hold the mountain of media accountable for its lies. We need to speak out when lies are being communicated. Media needs to be held accountable. We're to confront the unfruitful works of darkness. Now, I'm going to take a risk here, and I think it's safe to say there's probably a whole group of people here that don't like Donald Trump. Don't respond. I'm just assuming Donald Trump, from my estimation, is a mixed bag. And while he's done much to push back the attack on religious freedom, he has said a number of things that I wish he would not have said, and I wish someone would take away his ability to tweet. Okay? So whatever you think about, I was appalled Listen to me all the way through because you're not going to like, some of you aren't going to like this, and I'm personally okay with that. About the recent spate of bombs that were sent in the mail. Now, I know Donald Trump has said some dumb things. I know that he talked about early in the campaign when he talked about, go ahead and beat them up, I'll pay for your legal bills. And I would not suggest to you that his rhetoric has created any environment that is peaceful. However, the media took that piece, attached it to this piece, and how did they consistently refer to those who received bombs, didn't get them, but were sent to them in the mail? They were consistently called Trump targets. That's a lie. And even if you don't like the source, that needs to be stood up to. Trump targets means that he singled them out for bombs to be mailed to them. And because we don't like what he says and we don't like the way he's handled some scenarios, 
because we're upset over here, you see how the lie attaches so easily to the story and we're ready to believe it because we want to. We can't allow that as believers to stand. This responding to truth needs to be addressed on both sides of the aisle. Don't engage in giving credibility to untruth. Facebook is a cesspool of misinformation. It's a cesspool. Please, if you don't want to be confronted by me, do not post on my wall. Because I don't care if you're tithing a million dollars a week, I will be a little more cautious. (laughs) But I'm not going to allow misinformation to gain credibility on my wall. And if you're a friend of mine and on my newsfeed, your post comes up that is filled with misinformation, expect that I'm going to respond. I can't troll everything that happens on the internet, everything that happens on Facebook. And if you think that I'm going to know you're in the hospital because you posted it on Facebook, think again. That's why we have an office. Please let us know. And if you don't call us, don't get mad because we weren't there. (laughs) But randomly things come up, and I'm going to address those. (laughs) I don't know why I wrote this. (laughs) The Bible says all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. Pretty specific. And I don't think it matters If it's your lie or you've given wings to somebody else's lie, I think you're still accountable for what you disseminate. Let's be speakers of the truth. Carol and I, a couple of years ago now, were looking for a piece of property, um, and and whole long story there, we found a piece that we thought we wanted to buy, and I talked to the man who owned it. And he said, I don't believe in all these contracts and signing all these contracts. A man's word ought to be enough. And he said, I think we ought to be able to do business on a handshake. And I said, I agree. I agree. I wish the day was still here. We could do that. And I said, here's what we'll do. Give me your bottom price, your best price, and I'll tell you whether I can do it or not. I don't want to haggle with you. I just want to know this is your offer. There won't be a second one. I'm not going to give you a second offer. Give me your best one. So he did wasn't quite where I wanted to be, but I said, I'm good with that. And, and we shook hands on it. And the understanding was, when my house sold, that property would be sold to me at that price. In that discussion then, there was a right of, fir- right of first refusal. We had an understanding that if anyone else made an offer, he would call me on a handshake, speakers of truth, my word is my bond, Do not believe anyone that tells you that. (laughs) Time went by. Their place didn't sell. Ours didn't sell. Theirs didn't sell. Ours didn't sell. About, I don't know, it was like six years later. No, it was six months later, whatever. Our house sold. And I called this individual that I had begun to think of as a friend that we had his handshake, remember? I don't want a contract. I want a handshake. I want us to want our word to be our bond. You know what happened? Two days before that, 
they'd sold the property without so much as a courtesy call. Then what happened, we'd already sold our house. We found another house, and two days after we signed a contract, they called and said, hey, that other deal fell through. Wonder if you're still interested. I don't care if it was free, I wasn't interested. Hello? I don't care if it's free. If you're going to lie to me, I don't want to do business with you. Now, if you're a pagan, I expect you to be a liar. And that's why we need contracts. <laughs> Let's be speakers of truth. Let me give you a few things that have circulated recently on media that aren't true that may have been on one of your walls. And if it is, please take it down and do research. Number one, this circulated all over the place that Donald Trump made this statement. If I were to run as a Republican... If I were to run, I would run as a Republican. They're the dumbest group of voters in the country. They believe anything on Fox News. I could lie and they'd still eat it up. I bet my numbers would be terrific. That was attributed in 98 in an interview with Donald Trump in People Magazine. So they had the date and the magazine and the quote. That never happened. Now he said other things. That did happen, but that one, why did we run with that? Why did people run with that? Because it served our purpose, and we don't care if a lie serves our purpose, we'll run with it. We can't do that. There was another picture that circulated. It was a photograph of Hillary Clinton in blackface and Bill Clinton dressed as a hillbilly. And I had, I've seen that circulate around. Look what Hillary did. That did not happen. It was called Photoshop. Doesn't matter whether you like a person or not, we need to speak the truth. This came across my wall and a number of people responded to it that Burger King fast food chain admitted recently that they've been selling burgers that contain horse meat. That is not true. And then this one, it was surprising me. I didn't learn this till just a couple of days ago. We've quit throwing rice at weddings. You don't throw rice at weddings. Why? Because the birds will eat it and that rice will swell up and kill them. That is not true. You can throw rice if you want, and the animal rights people don't have a problem with it. They will, how do I say this gently? <laughs> they will eliminate it from their system before it ever has a chance to swell up. And seagulls exploding when you feed them Alka-Seltzer? That is not true. Get it off your wall. Because if you're going to tell me that seagulls blow up when you feed them Alka-Seltzer, and then you try to tell me that Jesus is coming back, I'm going to put those in the same box. If you tell me birds die from rice and tell me Jesus needs to be my Savior, I'm going to put you in the same ignorant box as the rice story. I'm not going to listen to you. Our message of truth is is de debilitated by our propagation of things that are stupid. Greek word is stupidos. Look it up. 
speak the truth. And then last, I'm going to call you to be a supporter of the truth. Isaiah prophesies of a time, and I want you to turn with me, if you would, just, we'll do this quickly, to Isaiah chapter 59. That's right after Isaiah chapter 58. And look at verses 14 and 15. I want you to feel the intensity of this scripture that is a prophetic messianic prophecy. Justice is driven back. Righteousness stands at a distance. Truth has stumbled in the streets. Honesty cannot enter. Truth is nowhere to be found, and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one, and then it goes on to talk about, oh, it came with the breastplate of righteousness. Warning of a time that happened in his messianic coming and will happen again before his second coming when truth stumbles in the street. Now, if there ever was a day that that's happening, it's today. Truth is stumbling in the streets, and it needs our support. How does Isaiah 59 begin? Look at this. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. The problem isn't with God. His arm isn't short. His ear isn't dull. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Your hands are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt. Your lips have spoken falsely. What keeps God from moving and responding to us? It's not because you've lied about him. It's not because you've lied about faith. It's not because you've lied about scripture. It's because you've lied about anything. That when the culture of untruth is accepted in a body of believers, the God whose arm is still strong, the God whose ear is still keen, cannot respond to you because you've allowed truth to stumble in the streets. It's time for the church to come alongside truth, grab it by both arms and walk along and say, truth has freedom here, truth will reign here, truth will govern us, and in our culture, we will be people who stand up alongside truth and defend it, and we will not be purveyors of falsehood and disinformation. Someone said that, listen to this, wisdom is choosing purity of truth over popularity. Wisdom is choosing the purity of truth over popularity. There's a quote that I'd heard many times, and I was researching trying to find it, and it goes like this. A lie can travel halfway around the world before truth can get its boots on. And that's true. A lie can travel halfway around the world before truth gets We just run with it. I had heard it attributed to Mark Twain. So I thought before I stand up here and give you that quote and say that Mark Twain said it because that's what I had heard, I should probably put this message into practice. The first time that statement was attributed to Mark Twain was in 1919. He said it in 1919. Problem is, he died in 1910. He didn't say it unless you had a seance, and then that's a different message. 
telling the truth is often a lonely place. Who are the truth tellers? Where are the truth tellers? And I'm just, I'm going to tell you, uh, and I get this, we're in a political season, and if you're an educated voter, please vote. If you're a values voter, please vote. If you're not an educated voter and you're not a values voter, then the voting takes place in December, which is an untruth and that was a joke, so please laugh or I'm a liar. <laughs> Point being, we need to support those who speak truth. And I hear a plethora of people complaining about negative ads. There's only one reason there's still negative advertising. It's because we don't respond to positive advertising. Elections, those who've tried to run a positive campaign based on truth don't win elections. The studies are out there. The information is there that if you want to turn elections, it's got to be negative. We can change that. We can change that. We can come alongside people of values. We can come alongside people of truth. But what happens is people of values get so strongly hammered in the media and ripped apart and given accusations that we're afraid to stand up with, so we back away. Why is truth stumbling in the streets? It's because the devil is beating up truth and we're afraid to walk alongside it for the accusations that will be made against us. Telling the truth is a lonely place. Let's stand with the truth tellers. Let's stand with the truth tellers. Let's confront the media liars. And we can only do that if we're people of truth. The mountain of media is becoming more and more a mountain of disinformation that must be held accountable under the light of truth. So, Pastor Nathan, if you'd come. Will you be a truth seeker? Will you be a truth speaker? Will you be a truth supporter? Because if the church of Jesus Christ will rise up and operate from our platform of truth, we can challenge the mountain of media and not allow it to continue speaking forth lies unfettered. I'm asking us will we be people of truth. Friday, I saw an image that, that I can't get out of my head. It was sweet and sad at the same time. There was an older lady and her husband that were leaving the church. And I watched as she had a cane and she was bent over trying to go with her cane. And her husband, who was in even worse shape, was hanging on her other arm. And it's really sweet that they're leaning on each other, but it's kind of sad that there's not someone helping them from stumbling in the street. Can you see it this morning? Can you see that truth is stumbling in the streets? And we sit idly by. And sometimes we're the ones that promote the untruths. 
I don't care if it serves your purpose. Make sure it's true. Make sure it's true. Heads bowed, eyes closed for just a moment. I'm just wondering this morning with no one looking around. I, I'm not after anything. I'm not, but with no one looking around. Has God spoken to anyone's heart this morning about being a more diligent seeker of truth? Would you just lift your hand? I need to be more, dil- to be more diligent about seeking truth. And then second, thank you for all the hands that went up. I need to be more intentional about being a speaker of truth. Would you lift up your hands? I need to be a speaker of truth. And if you're willing this morning to be a supporter of the truth from this day forward in the house of God, outside the house of God, I want to be a supporter of truth. Would you just stand, please? Just stand, saying, I'm going to be a supporter of the truth. Jesus, you see us standing here together. As a body saying, we want to be supporters of the truth. We want our light to shine brightly in the midst of darkness, truth in the midst of untruth. We we don't want your arm to be weakened or your ear made heavy because of our cooperation with falsehood. Help us live speak and be people of truth pray right now God that your spirit would talk to us that it would shine in our hearts that you would show us places corners that need to be cleaned up help us always speak the truth in love but never speak in love without truth let us be people of truth and change our culture I ask in Jesus name and everyone in agreement said amen I want you (laughs) I want you to take a person by the hand look them in the eye and say I want you to be a speaker of truth in my life will you do that look someone in the eye I want you to be a speaker of truth in my life God bless you let's be people of truth